The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome to the podcast today to my little corner of the internet. I'm so happy that you're joining me. And if you are listening, some of you may know a little bit about my history from my rock radio days in Florida and California. I worked at WSHE in Florida um, here in San Diego at KGB. So I had my rock radio days, and then I went to work for the publishing company Hay House, where I managed HayHouseRadio.com for eleven years. So I, but I, so I always had that spiritual calling, right? I always like to talk about those kind of things. So in my Hay House radio days, I spent a lot of time around spiritual people, and I will use some air quotes around that because some were definitely more spiritual than others. But in that process of my time there, I learned a lot from people like Louise Hay and Dr. Wayne Dyer, and I've tried to bring those lessons into my life and work every day. And especially now that I'm working on a podcast network, it's a startup, we're called mindbodyspirit.fm with me and my business partner, Tina Williamson, where you'll find my podcast sitting there along with a bunch of other really cool people. So I do hope you check that out. So we're you know, we're working, we're trying to, you know, live our lessons, live our truth. And it's a, it's a challenge. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'm I'm even grateful. Anybody's even listening to this podcast. Like, I wonder who's even out there, but I know you're out there. I know people are out there because um, I was recently contacted through social media uh, by someone named Meg Calvin. And Meg is the author of the Amazon bestseller. I am my own sanctuary among others. And she calls herself a recovering holy roller, which I love. That immediately ca- caught my attention. And she's now a full-time content creator like me. Um, she's working on writing and marketing, uh, helping people write and market their story, their life. And she helps spiritually attuned go-getters write, market, and sell their books. So you can find her at megcalvin.com. So as she contacted me, I looked over her work and her platform and I, and I thought, okay, we can have a really great conversation. I think this is someone who I could really vibe with, who understands what I'm interested in. Like why, you know, e- even during my rock radio days, I, w- I was still interested in, you know, the big questions, spirituality, 
what's out there, life after death, all of those things. So anyway, I don't know if we'll cover all of those, but I wanted to welcome Meg to the podcast and just get her talking. So thank you for joining me today, Meg, and we'll, we'll see where this conversation goes. Thank you, Diane. I'm so excited to be here and so thankful that the internet gods brought us together with our similar questions and paths. Right. And, and you have to wonder, like, uh, how did, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You know, is there some kind of, uh, little divine nudge sometimes that connects people and, and gets them talking. And, and I like to yes. think there is. So yes. we're going to explore that. So yeah. like I said, I thought we had a lot in common. So I kind of want to start there, you know, in your beginning. So personally, like I was always interested in spiritual and, and metaphysical things. You know, I was brought up Catholic, but unlike a lot of people, I didn't have a bad experience necessarily with Catholicism. Like I loved all of the the priests and the nuns. And like, even when mm-hmm. I was young, young, like second grade, I had this romantic notion for a while about being a nun and exploring that road. Of I service. did too. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. And of course, as I got a little older, I'm like, wait a minute, no, no men. I don't know that that's going to work. You know, that didn't, it didn't last long, but, it's so but I, I love the lessons that the nuns taught. And, and a lot of the things that I learned as, as I was growing up um, under that, you know, on that path. So I was interested in the idea, you know, of a loving God and, and the presence of a one universal power that's available to all of us. Uh, and, and so I've always kind of held on to that, you know, although honestly, sometimes that belief ebbs and flows, you know, these days, um, so I've been trying to reinvigorate that. And so I'll, that's another reason I wanted to have you on here. Help, help me out here, <laughs> you know, reinvigorate that, that spiritual path. So what led you to want to, you know, ultimately work with people like you're doing now, but I mean, your journey is so interesting because you started on a spiritual path very young. So you mm. kind of felt that, that tapping at like 13 or 14, right? Yes. D- yep. And like you was very, even as a small kid drawn toward sacred quotes, air quotes, sacred spaces drawn toward the church and, and very healing moments in church choirs as a six-year-old. I was the only, um, as I share in the book, I was the only, um, was a white kid in an all African-American choir when I was six. And so there was also, there was also pain in my house, my family at that time. And I, at a very young age, did meet a God who heals. And I've I've noticed that as I listen to people's stories, a lot of us who had childhood trauma at an early age, um, however we want to define trauma, big T, little t trauma, that those of us who experienced that at a young age, um, not all of us, but I've noticed many that also meet God, a God who heals and knows and loves deeply at a young age. Be, um, and so that was, that was my experience. And yeah, so that I remember at six feeling the palpable healing presence of God and in that church choir, worshiping through song and wanting more of that. And at 13, I, I started preaching and I had a grandmother who was an oblate and missionary grandparents. And, um, they began taking me to conferences and churches and I would preach and sing and go on mission trips. And in the Methodist church, they support thankfully almost 70 years now, maybe more have been ordaining women. So in my denomination, I never felt any similar to you had very, had a very wonderful, for the most part, wonderful supportive experience of my gifts from all genders, get this woman in a pulpit. And, um, and at the same time, looking back, I realized that the, the applause of the church world 
was meeting a need that I did not feel in my home around being validated or affirmed or celebrated. And did God use that for good? Oh, hell yes. 100% as God does <laughs> uses things for good when we can't think any good can come from it. And so I stayed, was on a paid church staff from 17 to 32 and, um, it, which led to the book, uh, I, my own sanctuary, which satirical self-help tells that story, um, about how I got to, how I did eventually confuse Christian loud Christians with the voice of God and just became a glorified people pleaser instead of a, a person living in alignment with who God made me to be. So I think that, 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 that answered the yeah, question. Yeah, that's okay, so cool. interesting, the people pleasing, because mm -hmm. I find myself uh, struggling with that a lot, you know, wanting, not wanting to be the bearer of bad news, you know, mm -hmm. uh, oh, don't hate me for saying this, you know, that kind of thing. It, I've gotten a little bit better over the years, but it's still, it still comes up. Like I'm, I'm uncomfortable mm -hmm. um, if I'm not making someone happy, you know, or if someone's yes. not happy. So, mm -hmm. and, and I think that's common for a lot of people, especially a lot of women. Yeah. Especially lots of Christian women or, or religious women that it has been put on us to be in charge, to save, to make others comfortable. Even if that means our comfort is sacrificed for sure. It was such a huge awakening for me when my spiritual awakening away from Christian doctrine started in 2018. Um, I came across the quote, what is an alignment for me is an alignment for everyone else. And there's, there's a former Meg from years ago as a minister that would have been so offended by that and would have said, oh, what a bad Christian you are to say that, to think that's so selfish of you. And the deeper I have gone into the metaphysical world, the new age world, the spiritual world, um, I have felt it to be true time and time and time again. And I love the coach, the heart alchemist on YouTube, Christine Lopes. She defines the difference between spirituality and religion is, and it's so simple, but it's mind blowing her definition. And that is that religion has to do with outward acts and spirituality is all about what's going on within. And when we tap into our intuitive gifts and our spirit team and, and hearing God through our intuitive gifts, we, it, we can find that we're good and we're holy <laughs> and that we can trust that what is in alignment for me is an alignment for everyone else. And because if I'm doing something like I used to do as a people pleaser, if I was doing something because I felt obligated to, or I felt bad for this person and our energy when I'm entering that relationship is I'm going to save that person, which that became my, my way of being my last few years of the church was I was totally in, I'm, I'm tapping into someone else's work right now. The the drama triangle. I can't, I can't think of the person who invented it. So sorry, but the drama tri triangle and um, how I entered, I be had a way of being my last few years of the church, the people pleaser, the hero. And so I was just saving everybody. But then what happens with the, as the drama triangle shows is so much of doing that, of being someone's hero, someone's savior is you become bitter and jaded and burnt out. And then you get into villain energy and which I definitely did that as well. And so if it, I love as we evolve, I love where I am right now in this season, which is what is an alignment for me is an alignment for everyone else. And sometimes that means I, I do, um, I will say things that make other people uncomfortable. I will say no, because it's not an alignment for me. And by saying no, I'm opening up energy for something else. that's a yes to come in. That was a long answer, Diane. I'm so sorry. Well, it's, it brought up a couple of questions 
that I've found just over over my years of of being in this space and talking with people that do I, I identify as Christian and also um, people that are working in a metaphysical space or sense and and that that issue of intuition, right? Mm -hmm. Of tapping into mm -hmm. that. And then there's the fear of divination, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, am I evil? Because I like to pull an angel card mm -hmm. and people kind of struggle with that. And then also the distrust of listening to your own voice, you know, your mm -hmm. higher self. Mm -hmm. Well, well, who is, who's really talking to me, that kind of thing. And how did you, um, you know, have, come to grips with that? Or like, how did you work with people on that? Like if someone came to you for counsel, you know, during your time in the church and said, you know, Hey, I, I like this author, but you know, are my friends using tarot cards or something like that? Like how, mm -hmm. how would you address that? So if I hear your question, right. How would pre 2018 Meg <laughs> handle of that yeah. handle that I would have been as a people pleaser, I would have been very, very scared to disrespect my Christian mentors who even in my, I left the church when I was 32. Yeah. So even in all those years, 17 to 32, I was making every single life choice, every single one, um, not every single one, 90% of them. Um, as the book goes into a big one that I, that I did, I did, I did rebel against, but I was making every choice based on my Christian mentors and my parents and my grandparents. And so at that point, um, obviously not healthy. So I would have been very afraid to do, to be with metaphysical tools and let it be known my entire life. I have had this deep knowing that the Christian church was only telling part of the story. And I was always drawn to Mary Magdalene, um, always. And I have discovered thanks to, um, Margaret Starbird and, oh, Megan, Megan Watterson. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. She was a Hay House author. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's I'm yes, yes, yes. familiar so, with her. Yeah. I've been so thankful for their work in my life, getting to know Mary Magdalene. But so I've had this knowing that the Christian church was only telling part of the story. I was drawn to Mary Magdalene. Now I definitely know why. Um, and I was drawn to metaphysical tools, but I did not mess with them <laughs> until 2018 because I had an insane, I had an insane moment happen in my life that opened me up to the metaphysical world and, um, that it was safe and good and that I could trust myself. Yeah. That's so interesting. So can you share that moment a little bit? Yeah. I, yeah, I love, I love Yes. Yeah. So you and I were talking before we went on the air about a Reverend Dr. Katie Valentine, who's the metaphysical Christian herself, the new Testament scholar and um, pastor. And uh, she offers courses. So I'm, I'm definitely plugging her right now. Um, she offers courses and coaching for Christians who want to tap into numerology, chakras, reincarnation, crystals, intuitive gifts, social justice, how the, all of those, all the metaphysical, spiritual things that we're all afraid of as Christians. I listened to, I was writing the book. I am my own sanctuary. And I heard her on a podcast and on the podcast, she said to listen to your dreams, trust your dreams ancestors and guides speak to you in your dreams. And it, my landed like a ton of bricks. She was talking directly to me because there's a part of my book that this happens all the time to authors, by the way, that I work with, there was a last minute change I had to make in the book. And I was afraid. I was so scared to make it. It was about sex and purity culture. And I was so afraid to make this point. 
I heard Katie on the interview say that the next day I used to host the listening chair with my good friend, Miranda, and we interviewed the modern day mystic from Candler university. Can't think of the guy's name. He was amazing though. His, he calls himself the modern day mystic. And he said, listen to your dreams. <laughs> your ancestors talk to your, in your dreams. So I'm thinking, okay, there, there's something here for me at this point in my career. I knew I was leaving the church. I knew I was going to become a full-time coach. I was scared and I was scared to talk about what I wanted to say about sex in the book. Um, but I thought I got to listen. I, I, there's something here for me. I go to bed that night and I had a four-year-old daughter at the time. She's now eight. Um, and we woke up the next morning and she comes down the hallway and she's not afraid. And you know, anyone that studies dream interpretation knows what matters most is how you feel, how the dream makes you feel. Um, and so she's not afraid and she's rubbing her eyes. And she said, I have, and she's like, she has the vocabulary and intuition of a 45 year old woman. She's amazing. She, she rubs her eyes and she said, I had the weirdest dream last night. And I said, and of course me being me, even at that time, I, I had a strong feeling that there was something in this dream for me and, and for her. And she, I said, tell me, tell me, tell me about your dream. And she said, um, I had this dream. I always tell a story out of order. I'm so sorry. I'm going to pause before I tell you the dream. Also in the podcast with Katie Valentine, they were talking about reincarnation and birthmarks and how there's lots of studies done about that. Virginia Tech, Dr. Stevenson, I believe thousands of kids interviewed all that stuff. In that podcast, when Katie talked about birthmarks as a sign of past life death, how we left our last. And so my daughter, Henley, and I have the same birthmark on the back of our left leg. And it looks like a, based on those studies, it looks like a, a fire, a fire burn. Um, all that I know about my ancestry is that in the, this is all connected, I promise. In the mid 1700s in Ireland, my great, 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 great grandparents, the McNanes, were burned at the stake for being Protestant and writing boat rocking theological literature. And they were burned by, they're burned at the stake for it. That is all that I know. And my grandmother told me that when I was applying for seminary to encourage me that this is in my blood. So I know those two things. And so then my back to my daughter, Henley, telling me this dream. And she says to me, the weirdest dream, mommy, there were people with sticks of fire and they were coming after you and I, and they were burning our legs. And I get chills in my ears right now retelling this story. And I knew in that moment, and I'm so glad that the universe or God or God or guides, whatever, whoever you want to give credit for, I'm so glad that that moment came from my daughter <laughs> preaching to me because I would have so easily thought that's just my over analytical mind and it's just my imagination. And it, it wasn't. So I called, I, I did not know Katie at the time, but I did know someone that knew her personally and was a friend of mine. And I, he was a coach, very metaphysical. And I called him, I said, Jamal, help me understand this moment. And then he beautifully said, because he's an amazing coach himself. He said, Meg, you're not going to be burned this time. You can change that chapter on sex. And my heart, my heart was strangely warmed as John Wesley says. And I knew in my body, even though this was weird as shit, that he was exactly right. That there, I, there was, there was some lesson here for me. I wasn't going to be burned. And I said, what do I do now? What do I, what do I, after I change the chapter 
I said, I feel like I have entered a whole other world. And he said, you have and speak, speak the words I surrender and be, and that I'm open. And then that opened the door to, I began, I became a student of Katie's and I tapped into tarot cards and more past life regressions and, um, numerology and angels and connected to spirit guides in a way much deeper than I have ever connected with the guide of Jesus. Um, so yeah, Katie Valentine gets the credit for that. And then of course my, my business coach is also very spiritual as well. So AJ Amix gets lots of credit too, for the growth of, since 2018. Wow. That's amazing. And then you wrote the book, uh, in 2019, right? I mm-hmm. am my own sanctuary, which yeah. I hope people check it out. Go to Amazon. Your reviews are excellent. Oh, <laughs> so, so this message I think is resonating with people. And I love that. And what I, what I tell people too, like about, tarot cards or angel cards or oracle cards or like whatever whatever gateway that's going to open that door for you to have a, a closer connection to whatever the bigger spiritual you know being or, or or is that that power that love that's available to all of us then use it if it's an angel mm-hmm. fine you know why why does that have to be like some demonic thing mm-hmm. and, and that's what what started to really turn me off of, and and I don't want, how, how can I even say this where I'll probably get hate mail. You're mm-hmm. hating Christians. And I, and I really don't like the message. When, when you really look at the messages, it's beautiful. You know, the, mm-hmm. the messages that are in Christianity, but how it's been kind of bastardized and, and changed to hatred of the other, or if you're not quote saved, you're going to hell, mm-hmm. you know, gay people are going to hell. Um, their lifestyle is wrong and, you know, oh, you have to be saved and turn your life over to this as a personal savior or you go, you know, that whole fear thing, I really have a problem with it. It, Mm -hmm. It just makes me kind of, you know, why are you adding in all this fear when that's blocking people from really accessing, you know, the, the love that's out there, the divine Mm -hmm. love that's out there. Oh, it's so, it's so, so well said the the fear and then especially for women pleasure the holiness of pleasure and that's been and joy that's been huge for me and my clients as i have grown and learned so much in the, the spiritual new age world we learned about chakras that the the sacral chakra is the home for sexuality but also creativity as you as you and your listeners know and when because we're, um, this is why it's so important that Mary Magdalene's story is exploding right now because she does bring back in the divine pleasure, divine sexuality, divine feminine, and we sexuality, creativity are connected. And so when we block one, like we do in most Christian circles, we block sexuality. We also are blocking our ability to be divine co-creators, that creativity energy. And pleasure, all of that is joy, receiving help, receiving inspiration. All of that is there in that sh- chakra that we're, we've been definitely uh, quieting. And, and so that's been really exciting for me. The things I've received since I left th- serving as a minister. Yeah. And that was a lot of years that you spent, I mean, from 18 to 32. And when you think mm-hmm. about it, like just kind of con- continue on, continuing on you know, the path of like denying yourself pleasure and, and, yeah. you know, maybe coming into your own and your sexuality, like those are your peak years, right? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, where you're going to be <laughs> thinking these thoughts or, mm-hmm. you know, 
falling in love and those kinds of things. And then to have shame and doubt attached is just seems so sad to me. Oh, that is a great way to describe it. I won't, yeah, I won't play the, I won't play the victim card. And also I will say that it is, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, I used to preach. I'm a, I'm a very curvy woman and I used to preach in sports bras and scarves. And I used to wear, I'm growing my hair out. This is a sign of healing. Actually, I'm growing my hair out the first time in two decades. I had it a short bob for 20 years. I was literally hiding every part of me that was potentially sexy, that was beautiful, that was feminine, flowy, dynamic, messy, all the things that we associate with the divine feminine. I was just um, shutting down, repressing. So, so much shame, so much shame around sexuality and and being a, and being a, being a, being um having the anatomy of a woman totally. And so that has been very healing the last few years. And you write about this in your book, which I'm I'm really excited to read. So I'm curious at, at what point did it not become authentic for you to stay in that church position anymore? Like what was the turning point or was it a series of things? My first book was picked up in 2017 by Wiffenstock Publishing Company and that was a how the blue bonnet child finding grace in poor soil and it's a how to guide to offer hope to kids who kids i'm i'm laughing listener because my german twitter pointer puppy is now on the zoom so with cute. us um, <laughs> this is this he just is so loving he is just loves to get love um so that book is a how to guide how to offer kids hope whose home life seem hopeless and when that book got picked up that opened the door as books do for what I did desire. Rumi teaches, as you probably know, uh, that which we seek also seeks us. So in 2017, I began speaking at conferences. I began coaching with an international network of children's ministry around professional burnout and compassion fatigue for ministers. And when I was coaching, I began, it broke my heart as this it, it does. And that's a good thing because the universe uses that holy discontent to, to birth books that help people with whatever it is you feel is breaking their heart. It broke my heart. How many ministers really struggled with ambition being good, struggled with pleasure, struggled with um, self-care. And so that led to the second book. And that also opened my mind to, I want to help. I, the, I want to help people like this be, I didn't have the word then, but now it would be, I want to help them be in full alignment with what their soul came here to do and not be charred to death by the local church. And so, and, um, and then I was so fortunate. I mentioned my business coach, AJ Amix. We grew up together and he's a business coach. He's been on CNN. He's been on Forbes. Um, he's helped people on Forbes 500, amazing business coach. And he reached out to me and said, if you help me write a book, I'll make you a master at organic social media marketing. And that was 2018. And we both kept our promises. And now I have a full-time business, 33 clients in three years. Um, but when he got me to bestseller through what I learned from him and now what I teach my clients with, I am my own sanctuary, when it hit bestseller, then a lot of people with religious indoctrinations and amazing book ideas started coming to me and they would, they would whisper it like they were ashamed of it. And I'm not, I'm not surprised by that because it's pleasure. And we, as Christians were taught to not seek out pleasure, 
they would say, I have this book idea. I've had it for like five to seven years, but, and it was an amazing idea. It would be, it would be so healing and helpful to the collective consciousness. It would be, it would help so many people in the trenches and they would, but because of their religious upbringing, they had so many limiting beliefs around monetizing their book, marketing, becoming a badass marketer, um, following their pleasure of writing it and having fun. Um, and uh, so all these limiting beliefs around that. And that's why I began coaching them. Wow. So you had to that break space. that brick wall down, you yes. know, like piece, piece by piece. And I, I think it's it's so funny that, you know, people were afraid to speak their truth, you know, mm-hmm. so they're whispering like, Hey, I want to do this, but yes. where's the lightning bolt going to come from, you know, exactly. strike me down. <laughs> And, and I really would love to see that, that kind of fear go away, mm-hmm. you know, because life right now, I mean, we're all experiencing it so hard and it, and it makes things easier to have that, that love and, and support from mm-hmm. a, a loving universe that, that mm-hmm. I like to think of it than something that is judgmental, hateful, guilt-ridden and, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any place for that. Oh, you have yes. to relearn it. Mm-hmm. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I, I agree. I agree 100%. Yes. And it's, it's been, yeah. Fascinating to me. <laughs> it is. It's, it's interest. It's an interesting space to be, but let's, let's shift the gear a little yeah. bit. And, and talk about, you know, so now we're in the real world, uh, marketing, which is like the big, you know, scary, dirty word. Oh, how do, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get my message mm-hmm. out there? I mean, I struggle with it myself, you know, just as an, an entrepreneur, you know, working with someone else on a business, you know, we're, we're building a podcast network. How do you get the message out? How do you market? You know, how do you do social media? Um, all, you know, all of those things, fear of video, you know, I hate to do video. I don't want to do Instagram live. Mm-hmm. Like when, when someone comes to you with that burning idea that they, they want to launch into the birth into the world, um, you know, what, uh, what steps do you take? Like, how do you help them get the message out? Yes. 
It's a lot. I know. <laughs> Mar- yes. Yes. Marketing from my experience and from my client's experience becomes a lot more fun when we realize that doing it the right way, the, the most, no, I hate the word, right. Doing it in a way that is effective, whether that's getting clients or selling books, the most effective way to market is to not talk about yourself at all. It is to talk about, to share content. And with my clients, they learn 12 to 16 types of posts, depending on their genre of book or their coaching business, 12 to 16 types of posts. And the, the, all but one type of that post, <laughs> there's one called a personality type of post, which is, it shows you as a human to you, who you're following because, or who you're serving because the modern day currency is respect and trust. We're no longer in the age of information. Thanks to the age of Aquarius, we're in the age of intuition. So I don't want to give you money. I don't want to give you business in, until I relate to you, respect you and, and trust you. And so that personality post is the only one a week that you're talk only talking about yourself. The other and the other types of post marketing at its best is W I I F M. What's in it for me? And so getting crystal clear, and I help writers do this, and I help coaches do it, is getting crystal clear on your your target audience, your ideal audience, and then writing toward their needs. Most likely, they are where you are emotionally or spiritually five to seven years ago. So you are a trusted guide in the trenches, not a guru, <laughs> trusted guide in the trenches. And you are, that's, that's what your post is. Your post being very clear on one thing, sir, like talking about what your ideal audience needs and wants and how you can guide them as a trusted guide toward those results. So even the staunchest of Christian and my clients are all, all across the theological spectrum, even the most conservative right-wing Christian that I serve, they can get on board with that. Like, oh. So it's just not me self-promoting. No, that, that would be doing it wrong. You are promoting your ideal audience. And, and so that there is, um, there is time shifting that paradigm around marketing. And I think the biggest thing that comes up, it comes up all the time. And I said this to my coach as well, back in 2018, when I started, and that is what if people think I'm narcissistic, that question comes up all the time. And then we get to sit in the truth of would a narcissistic person even ask that question? <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Okay. Next question. We're sitting in the energy of the question. Next question. Does your heart break for the people you're writing this book for? And as a, as a trusted guide from the trenches, before I wrote The Blue Bonnet Child, my heart broke. I lost sleep. I gave my heart to the church to serve kids of abuse or neglectful family situations. And that's that was the frequency of which I wrote. The second book, my heart broke that so many ministers struggled with self-care. That was the frequency of which I served. That was the energy from which I marketed. And so once we get it out of the way of what true marketing is, that it's not talking about yourself at all as a personal brand, it's talking about your audience and that you're not a narcissist <laughs> and your frequency is that of service. And once we, the third and final point I'll make on this, and once we realize if the idea is within me to, to be a coach or to have a podcast or do a book, if the idea is within me, it's there for two reasons. One, to give me joy and the pleasure of birthing it. 
And two, and just not more important as Christians would believe, just as important, it's there to serve someone because someone, we know that energy, that thought is energy. We know quantum physics, we're all connected, (laughs) that it, the idea is also in me because someone outside of me is desperately hungry for me to serve them. And they're just waiting for someone with my exact gifts, skills, experience, wounds, scars, style, timing. They're waiting for me to do it, to like birth that book, to serve them. So once we go through all of that and it comes up again and we get to do meditations and guided journaling, and we get to ask hard questions with clients, once we do those steps, then marketing does change and the the other view of marketing. And then I guess there's, I say three points. The, The last point would be the social media also be, I'm so sorry about my dogs. Do you want me to pause? No, that's okay. Crazy dogs. Um, Um, I work with clients of all ages as well. And so some in their seventies and sixties, they're not digital natives as boomers. And so helping them understand that just like Ed Sharon or other musicians got discovered at a train station where they were serving others freely with their gifts. That is what social media is for authors is that that is a platform where we get to show up and serve with our gifts of writing or content creation, whatever that is. And then getting discovered is a person buying the book, a person committing to coach with us. And so those, those four points, I would say is where I'd start when it comes to changing the view of marketing. Yeah, no, I like those distinctions and also of being more in service. And I wish more people thought that because I do see a lot of social media kind of, I don't know, I don't know if I want to say abuse, maybe it is abuse or just people that are doing it for the wrong reasons mm-hmm. and, and not even really in a marketing sense, but just kind of personally where, you know, I see a lot of women that have to have the full makeup Vaseline screen, you know, pictures. And then you, it, it seems so obvious that all they want is the validation of oh, you're this, you're that, you're so beautiful, you know, and it's just kind of, you're putting that out there to kind of reel in that, make me, make me feel good, validate me that I'm on this fake thing. That's not even what you really look like. You know, (laughs) I'm thinking of one particular person and I won't, I won't call them out, but Mm -hmm, I, mm -hmm. I have a friend that's like always constantly doing this, you know, with the, I forget which, I don't even know what screen it is. I should probably use it, but it's some kind of thing that, you know, (laughs) that you put on, maybe it's on Snapchat that just gives you that dewy, glossy look. Um, And I wish that people just didn't feel the need to, to always want to have that kind of validation. I too, I too have noticed some on social media like that. And I, I, I sit in a question of being aware Sometimes our frequencies just don't, they don't, they don't align with other people. And there's, is there a chance this person is serving, serving an audience? That's not me possibly. Yeah. And am, am I, do I feel connected to her that I want to pay for her book or have a monetary value exchange for her coaching or her support her podcast on Patreon? Not, not necessarily. No. And at the same time, I having my own wounds around keeping up with appearances, which I go into in the book. I, I, um, I did mess with filters when I first started going live to make me feel comfortable. And then the more I realized this is re 
as I grew and evolved and loved myself, I'm like, I, I could do this without a filter. Couldn't I? And just look like a real person with pores right. <laughs> and, and wrinkles and lines. And it's like, I, yeah, I could do that. And so that I, yes, there, I always say billboards, billboards on the street, they can advertise, um, rehab or they can advertise a porn, a video porn store and the same tool, the same medium is being used for two different frequencies. In my opinion, um, one is a high vibe place. One is a low vibe place in my opinion. And, um, but same tool. So social media, I, yeah, sometimes is a cesspool of unholiness. And there's also lots of amazing high vibe people like Diane out there doing good things without that. That doesn't look fake on the, on right, her right. Reel. There, the light. There's the light in the dark. That's true. There, there is a, there is a lot of good. And I know social media does get a lot of, a lot of hate um, in some ways. Um, and, and you can get sucked in. I mean, I know over like the last political cycle, you know, I got sucked into a lot of it and, yeah. you know, posting, uh, arguing with people on, <laughs> you know, different news sites and things like that. And then I just had to stop myself. Like, this is not serving me to get yes. angry and aggravated at, at some total stranger because mm -hmm. they're, that, I'm not going to change what they think yes. and they're not going to change my, my mind. So it's, it's mm -hmm. ridiculous. So I did have to reel myself back in. I think you can get sucked into that, you know, way too easily. Um, but uh, so I'm curious now, like coming from where, where you were, everything that you've learned, you know, over the past, over the past years, and what does the future look like for you now, you know, taking these steps, you know, in your coaching business, like, what do you hope for the next, this next year? Yes, I'm super excited. The, being in the publishing game since 2017, I've worked with two publishers as an author, and then I worked with a publishing company that I would, um, in a sense, I worked with them. I would, as a writing coach and marketing coach, we would complete their manuscript from idea on a paper to completely um, finished with a, a memoir or nonfiction with a template that's highly a flow, an outline that's totally readable, relatable, retainable, marketable. They would have their author brand built then they would submit to a publishing company. And then I would train them to get it to bestseller on Amazon, which includes um, two social media platforms, website, email marketing, and then keyword research, category research on, on Amazon. So all those, all those things. And then they, again, they, that was a partnership with a publishing company. I would get the author ready and then they would, we'd submit it and the publisher would take care of the uploading and the distribution, as you know, from your time at Hay House. Well, in March, my, um, my friend that owned a pub that owned, uh, the comp the company, he sold it. And so that pushed me out of the nest and I got to revamp my whole package. So now I have the prosperous writers package. I'm super excited about it. And what that is, is everything from my six years, however many years that is everything an author needs is in one place. And it's with me and, and of course my literary service provider and the cover designer, multimedia artist, Heather Paul, and then Brent Shebler is our literary service provider. So everything for nonfiction authors and memoir authors, it's a true partnership where they get 70 to 90% of the royalties, complete partnership with cover design, with the formatting, with the fonts. And of course the, my favorite part in my zone of genius, which is 
helping writers get over those deep subconscious blocks that hold them back from writing because it's very rare. I have yet to see the real problem, not problem. I have yet to see the real writer's block be a lack of idea, a lack of talent. That has never happened, by the way, with the 33 people I've served. Like it's not a lack of talent. It's not even a lack of time. It's not what it really is, is their limiting beliefs around their identity, um, around what they're worthy of around what they're capable of. It's 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 those deep subconscious fears of rejection, of being alone if they publish this, of hurting someone if they say this. It's it's those deep subconscious blocks that I love to hold a holy ground for for authors. And um so we do all of all of that deep life coaching work in either 6 months or 12 months and also build your brand as an author and also get you to bestseller status all in six to 12 months. And it is so that that's one package. And then the other package is just marketing for um, coaches, business owners. I have, I have like one business owner, coaches or authors. It's just a marketing package. So I have everything an author could need or want, even audiobooks, even uploading it to Goodreads. It's everything. Or it's just, it's just marketing. Help me build my brand. Help me understand how to serve an audience with Facebook and Instagram. So that's, I'm super excited about that. That's amazing. The future looks bright. So everybody yeah. can find out all of those offerings at your site at megcalvin.com. So I'm just curious, like you, uh, on your site, it says you help spiritually attuned go-getters. So you like mm -hmm. to work with people in this space. I mean, have you ever come across someone where you said, you know, I, I just don't think I can work with you. <laughs> you're like, you're too yeah. negative. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, was there someone you just didn't feel attuned with that wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a match? Yes, I say it's my own rule for my business and it's my queendom. So I get to make the rules. And I say that for listeners who are starting their own businesses that you're HR, you're the CEO, you're, you're everything. And because your energy is that of service to others, you can trust yourself to make the rules. So my rule is if I'm on an exploration call and the frequency connection I feel with the person is that I wouldn't want to have coffee with this person. I wouldn't want to get a drink with this person. I'm not going to work with them. And, and so it's definitely a frequency. It's more of a frequency thing than a, they're not clear on their idea yet thing. Cause that's okay. We can definitely work with that. And we, we, the first step in writing a book is surrendering to the idea and telling the idea within you that you, you, you see it, you love it and you, you, you want to birth it. And um, as awkward as that sounds, it's, it's true. And then once we trust it, surrender to it, the idea gets louder. So that's never been an issue, but yeah, there's a frequency disconnect. Um, or if, yeah, I, I have, I have shared with people on that, um, I don't feel we're a match. And yeah. so, no, I've, I've felt that too. So I was curious, yes. like we've, um, you know, in working with, with podcasters, if, that match isn't there if you don't feel that that frequency that frequency vibe would you know mm -hmm. how you want to describe it right and it's definitely a thing i mean you feel it yeah. and i think it's to our detriment if we don't listen to that because mm -hmm. every time i have not listened to it you know <laughs> yes. it's always gone sideways well whatever that situation was and i always kick myself like i i knew that you know why didn't mm -hmm. i listen to that so i think it's great that you tap into that frequency and that energy, you know, when working with people and, and are aware of it. Cause I think a lot of people just discount it. Yes. Yes. Oh, you're so right. And the, the cross that we bear as coaches is if we're doing our job, right, we have to say things to clients that others in their life will not say to them. 
and we have to and get to do that and we have to and get to listen them and listen to them in a way no one else has ever listened to them. So there have been expiration calls where the cross that I bear is to be really direct and say, I do not feel that we would be a partnership, a good partnership, not because your idea is lacking or your talent is lacking, but because I feel I want this more than you do. And I don't drag my clients anywhere and, and then hold space and, and, and say, I'm human. I'm open to being wrong. Am I wrong on this feeling right now? And then give the client a space to say, or the lead a chance to say, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, you're totally wrong. I do want this as much as you. I do. I do. Or say, you know, you're right. And then we don't, we don't work together. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a great question. It's that's so interesting. Well, if, if this speaks to any of our listeners out there, if you've got that idea that's been nagging at you and you want to write a book, get in touch with Meg, megcalvin.com. And also if you like this podcast, which I hope you do, and you're listening, uh, please subscribe, follow, check me out wherever you get your podcast. Also check out the other wonderful podcasters on our network, mindbodyspirit.fm. And Meg, I'm so glad that we were able to make this connection yes. and, you know, stay, stay in my orbit. I'll stay in your orbit, yes. see what each other's doing. And, you know, best I do have a free gift. I have a free gift for your listeners. If they, let's if, hear if that's it. Okay. We love gifts. Sweet. I have a 20 minute video training, three ways to make marketing your book more fun and less frustrating. So if you go to megcalvin.com, it'll be right there. Just click on it, free training. And that that'll go deeper into what we touched on today about marketing. That is so great. And thanks for sharing that and, and offering it to everybody. And thank you for joining me on the podcast. My pleasure. We talk to the animals and we know you can too. On the Animal Communication Podcast hosted by the three of us, myself, Julie Heert, Aaron Dendy-Smith, and Meredith Tolleson. We will show you how to deepen your relationship with your beloved animal companions, whether they're alive or in spirit. As soul-level animal communicators, we explain the process and explore topics such as health, behavior, and play, all from the animal's perspective. So subscribe and follow us on Apple, Spotify, and listen as part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.